Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope you will join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, folks will delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question, make sure and email it to me at Pam pastor copywriting at gmail.com again pam pastor copywriting at gmail.com well friends we're going to go ahead and get started and today we're looking into the colossian heresy the holy spirit celebrates and centers our lives in effect the spirit acts as a leveler for us, making sure that we are balanced. And Paul writes an epistle to the Colossians to help them better understand the spiritual freedom to be found in Jesus. Paul explains how to properly live out the truth. And if you've listened to my other podcast, it's abundantly clear that Jesus paid it all at the cross of Calvary for humanity's sin. He reconciled us to God. And did you know that Jesus doesn't want us to remain stagnant? No, he expects us to grow daily. And along with this expectation, he gives us the power and the pattern to grow spiritually. We see God through his son, Jesus. They are an exact likeness of one another. The more we learn about what they're like, the more we learn what we need to become. Jesus is the Lord over all of creation. Therefore, it should be easy for us to crown him Lord over all of our life. He rules over and has victory over the cosmos, spiritual powers, human rulers and their regulations, and Jesus is the reflection of God expressed. We know that he is eternal, pre-existent, omnipotent, equal with the Father, and because of Jesus's preeminence, we must make him the focus of our lives. His interests must become our top priority. Our activities are best served when we evaluate them through a Christ-centered lens. Knowing that Jesus is the head over all of the church should remind us as the body to follow him, and the Holy Spirit will turn and point us in the right direction. After all, he is our founder. We ought to give him first place in our lives. When we welcome his leadership, we can then show and demonstrate our loyalty. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we are complete in him, who is the head over all, rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. Because we are complete in him, we can live in constant contact and communication with God. We have freedom in Jesus. It's not necessary for us to submit to human religious traditions to gain access to God. Jesus' victory affords us a heavenly focus, not merely an earthly one. Those in him are hidden with Christ in God. And Paul wanted to warn the Colossians about false teachers. They were promoting a heresy that stressed legalism or man-made rules. They also sought spiritual growth by 
asceticism, which is discipline of the body, and visions, which would be mysticism. By doing this, pride was being promoted in self-centered efforts. We must not add or take away from God's word. Christianity is not about our ideas being added to the buffet where we pick and choose what we like. It's an all-in proposition followed up by practice. It's God's doctrine followed by daily living and exhortation followed by example. Or maybe it's even a double scoop of Jenny's chocolate chip ice cream. Who knows? But we cannot take away from the actual word of God. Instead of looking externally for a more fulfilling Christian experience, we need to look internally and cultivate a deeper, more personal and intimate experience with Jesus. This is how we place our faith into action. Our earthly life should be a reflection of Jesus in his life, personally within our families and at work. Paul's prison epistles open up to the saints, meaning other believers in Christ, or in the case of the Colossians, the epistle, he addresses it to God's holy people. He goes on and adds a greeting, as was his custom. He uses... May God our Father give you grace and peace. And the order of this greeting is significant. We must have God's grace before we can have his peace. Right off the bat, Paul acknowledges the Trinity, God and Father of Jesus Christ in spirit. He mentions a triad of faith, hope, and love. And let me explain why this is important. Throughout Paul's letter, he is contending with a heresy similar to Gnosticism, which is the Greek word for knowledge. Gnosticism undermined Christianity. This was a teaching contrary to biblical doctrine. It insisted that the important secret knowledge was hidden from most believers. It taught that the body was evil and that it contended that Christ only seemed human but was not. So how did Paul counter these attacks? We learn in 2 Colossians verse 6, Paul says, Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to live in obedience to him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him, so you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done. Paul said that Jesus provides all the knowledge we need. He also argued that God lived in a body that is, and he was embodied in Jesus Christ himself. Paul insisted that Jesus was fully God and yet fully human. And many churches who do not know the word of God will find Gnosticism attractive. We must combat this by getting to know the word of God inside and out so that we can spot false teachings. Paul prayed in Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 through 14 for believers, asking God to give them a complete understanding of what he wants to do in their lives and asking him to make us wise with spiritual wisdom. Then the way we live will always honor and please the Lord and will continually do good, kind things for others. All the while, we learn to know God better and better. And we also should pray that we'll 
be strengthened with his glorious power so that you'll have all the patience and endurance you need. May you be filled up with joy, always thanking the Father who has enabled you to share the inheritance that belongs to God's holy people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness, and he's brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with his blood and has forgiven all of our sins. From Paul's prayer alone, we can be thankful for five things. He enabled us to share in his inheritance. This means that when we trusted in Jesus, we made an exchange. He took our sin and made us right with God. Our sin was laid upon Christ at his crucifixion. His righteousness was given to us. So therefore, we can say that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. This is what it means when Christians state that Jesus is our propitiation for sin. In the world, some places barter for goods and for services. This only works when like items or relatively equal items are exchanged. God offers to trade his righteousness for our sin. Righteousness is his approval. This is a trade of immeasurable worth for something completely worthless. We should be so grateful for God's mercy and kindness. We also can be grateful to God for rescuing us from Satan's kingdom of darkness and making us his children. We're being brought into God's eternal kingdom. He purchased our freedom from sin and judgment with his blood, as we stated before, forgiving all of our sins. And this epistle tells us many things about who we are in Christ. It's the strength of Christ that we are able to do all things. And the Colossians were becoming embroiled in heresy. And while Paul had never visited this church, it was started by one of his converts, Epaphras. The purpose of Paul's entire epistle was to refute heretical teachings about Christ that had been causing confusion among the Christians. This false doctrine threatened the church and was in need of correction. It really was a mixed bag picked up from various tenants and then placed upon the church. Now, The first heresy says that spirit is good and that matter is evil. Paul refuted that by saying that God created heaven and earth for his glory. The second heresy said one must follow ceremonies, rituals, and restrictions in order to be saved or perfected. And these were only shadows that ended when Christ came. He is all you need to be saved, according to Paul and Jesus. And a third heresy said one must deny the body and live in strict asceticism. Asceticism is no help in conquering evil thoughts and desires. Instead, it leads to pride. Fourthly, we find angels must be worshipped. Angels are not to be worshipped. Christ alone is worthy of worship, according to Paul. The fifth one says Christ could not be both human and divine. Another false doctrine. Christ is God in the flesh. He is the eternal one, head of the body, first in everything. He reigns supreme. The sixth heresy says one must obtain secret knowledge in order to be saved or perfected, and this was not available to everyone. 
Paul said, God's secret is Christ and he has been revealed to all. Number seven, one must adhere to human wisdom, tradition, and philosophies. Paul said, by themselves, these can be misleading and shallow because they have human origin. Instead, we should remember what Christ taught and follow his words as our ultimate authority. Another heresy says it's even better to combine aspects of several religions. Paul said, you have everything when you have Christ. He is all sufficient. And finally, the last one that the Colossians were dealing with said, there's nothing wrong with immorality. Paul said, get rid of sin and evil because you've been chosen by God to live a new life as a representative of the Lord Jesus. So as you can see, the Colossians had a full plate that they were attempting to discover truth while not succumbing to the false teachers who were seeking to devour their witness before really getting off the ground. And throughout Colossians, Paul instructs us how we can pray for other Christians. This is known as intercessory prayer. When we pray for others, we're doing what Jesus wants us to do, and that is to serve others. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. Paul's pattern teaches us what to pray for, whether we know them or not. He gives us seven key pointers. First, he tells us that we're to be thankful for our sister or brother in Christ and tell them so. Their faith and changed lives make us grateful to God. Secondly, when we pray, we can ask God to help others know what he wants them to do. A fellow Christian's impact can go far beyond their neighborhood and their community. The Holy Spirit will provide divine guidance. Thirdly, we're to ask God to give them deep spiritual understanding and wisdom. We ask that they would continually do good, kind things for others, and learn to know God better and better. Fourthly, we're to ask God to reveal himself, giving them more knowledge of him. Knowledge is not merely to be accumulated. It should be given to us for direction for living. Paul wanted the Colossians to be wise, but also then to put their knowledge into action. Knowledge of God is not a secret that only a few can discover. It's open for everyone. And God wants us to learn more about him and also to put our belief into practice by helping others. And we're to ask God to help fellow believers live for him. We magnify God as we shrink ourselves. We get small and he gets big. So we should pray to God to give other believers strength for endurance. And finally, we're to ask God to fill them with joy, strength, and thankfulness. All believers have these same basic needs. So when you don't know how to pray for someone, Paul's prayer pattern is a great resource to follow. The point being, we all know people in our lives who could be touched if we would pray this way and take the time to have a caring heart. And I encourage you to create a grassroots effort and pray for one new person every day. At the end of the year, you will have amassed and prayed for at least 365 different people. So friends, I hope that you found today informative. And if you have any questions, make sure to send them into my mailbag. And if you're 
wanting to become a child of God and you're wanting to spend eternity in heaven, not elsewhere, then I would invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus Christ now. Just simply repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sins of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And get into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other believers. Now, let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you will ever make. Congratulations. God bless you. And one of Priest Aaron's contributions he left for us is this benediction. As you go out into the world, allow me to pray this blessing over you from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love in action looks like, and many more. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. Until next time, be blessed.